Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast host. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. See what I mean about messing up? Feel free to mess up. <laughs> Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Padamaro. It's episode 125. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, but mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty gritty of the drafting process with a little meta analysis and play tips thrown in. So this episode, uh, we are doing a, a draft open post-mortem, and I figured who best to do that um, than to ask the winner of this, uh, this month's draft, or this month's open, uh, Jano, to come on and talk about their experience. So uh, welcome to the show, Jano. Very nice that you asked me to join. It's uh, I'm very excited that you accepted. It's always fun to uh, have the winner on or someone who did really well in the opens. And um, I guess I don't know a lot about you. So um, are you what formats do you play the most? Are you do you consider yourself a drafter or were you just kind of did you just join the open because you like doing the opens? Uh, actually, I don't consider myself as a drafter. I'm more of a constructed player and uh, that is what i usually do like i think i get excited about drafting maybe like three times a year and then i do drafts and i draft myself to masters like it happened just before this open and competitively i think i actually quit the competitive eternal like uh, half a year ago I was just burned because I felt I got quite unlucky in few opens. And uh, so I just told myself that I take a little break or quit the competitive part. And this time I was not supposed to play. I was actually at work uh, doing the night shift. But it was so boring during the night that I just figured that, yeah, I should do the tournament run, and it went quite well. So here we are. Wow, that's amazing. So did you qualify on your first run, or did you take the two runs to get qualified? No, no, it was the first run. I went 12 and 2. I think I was the sixth seed going to day two. So it went like really, really well. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, cool. So we'll, um, you know, get in with the show. And then for the main topic, we're going to uh, dig deep into how your open went and your thoughts on the format and stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, usually we talk about our draft weeks, but I hardly feel I need to ask how your draft week went because it seems like it, it went pretty well. Well, I was supposed to answer to this that I actually did absolutely zero drafts before the open this week or i mean last week i was actually just watching some of my friends do drafts and some of the streamers so my draft week went 12 and 2 in the qualification and 6 and 0 in the day 2 yeah that's great so do you <laughs> do you have a, a community of of friends that you hang out with in eternal and you guys observe e each other there is actually very few Finnish players. I'm from Finland, so uh, that I know who play like uh, regularly. 
So there is, I don't know, Thalian, who he lives in the same city as me. And uh, I've been friends with him for a long time. Uh, he also made the top 64 in the Open, and he usually makes six, top 64 in the Opens. I think he's a very good player. So him, and then there is another one who sometimes streams. He's called Iki Turso. And then also another one who plays like only on ladder, but Tufnu. And uh, I think he's usually on the top of the ladder. So he's also a great player, but a small community. And we usually just chat a little, not, nothing like a, not a real team or anything. Right. Yeah, Thalian is definitely a name I recognize from the draft ladder. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, I think he he drafts a lot, and we were laughing just before this that usually it's for the constructed tournaments. Like uh, I usually come up with a deck, and he's doing very well with it, and I usually just get unlucky or fail or something, and I don't do well. And now that it's the draft open which is like he's a very good drafter and I'm not. And this time it's just the opposite. Yeah, I um, I didn't actually play the Open. Uh, I, I mentioned that in the last episode. And I think um, I was ended up being happy with that decision. It's always hard because I always am like, I don't know if I want to play the Open. But then I see everyone like qualifying and doing well and posting their decks. And then I, I kind of like, sometimes regret that decision or end up playing it <laughs> even though I said I wasn't. But uh, this time I managed to s stay strong and not play the open um, and got to watch everyone else. And it was pretty cool because, um, you know, a lot of people from the discord were talking about their runs and their results and um, a bunch of people who have never, um, you know, like Abednego, who's been a long time uh, member of the Discord, that this was their first Open that they qualified for. Uh, Marcus Gwindle managed to, um, you know, get their best results uh, ever with a top 32. Fiendish, uh, you know, one of the top uh, draft ladder players, finally managed to wake up for an Open they qualified for. So they made a deep run, uh, which was great. And, uh, you know, a bunch of regulars also did really well, like... Uh, a boss and old rich and a bunch of others uh, uh tempest dragon king so it was fun to sort of watch along with everyone um while i was uh at the at our farm on sunday dragging irrigation hoses everywhere because it hasn't rained in like a month and a half here or something uh so so so, so hey. that was how my week went um, cool i i recognize a lot of names that you're just stayed out and and I was amazed that in the Discord there was like so many names that I noticed that I, I played against them and it was cool to realize this. Yeah, yeah, that's a um, that's one of the things I like. Yeah, we kind of talked about this before <laughs> the podcast where you were like, "Oh, thank you for asking me on." It's such an honor, and I was like, "No, thank you for coming on." It's it's I'm like such an honor because i'm always like surprised when someone accepts <laughs> an offer to come on this show especially after they did something so impressive as like 
winning a draft open. Um, but it's just like a really cool, tight community. And like even the best players are so approachable. And turns out, uh, you know, because there's no real way to be like a professional eternal player. It's just, you know, even the best players are just people who love the game and want to talk about the game and stuff. So it's one of the things yeah. I like about eternal. Yeah, the community has been great. Like, I'm not usually taking part. I'm mostly, like, watching, reading stuff, and I don't usually interact a lot. But everything that I see, I, I really like the community. Yeah. I, I meant to ask this uh, before, but so how long have you been playing the game for? So I started, I don't remember what year it was, but it was the open beta, like... Uh, just during, I remember that it was during the Christmas time and there was this uh, promo, uh, the WAMP, WAMP, the party starter. Yes. It was, it was the promo card of that time. And I remember that I really liked the Yetis as, a, as, a, as when I started to play. <laughs> That's funny. So it's like winning this draft open with uh, Skycrag is like coming full circle. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so let's move to our card of the week. Uh, what was your card of the week? I picked a warning shot. Yeah, and so warning, and, uh, warning shot is the, uh, a set 12 card. It's the zero cost, one fire influence uh, with inscribe and deal one damage, and it's a spell. Yes, there is a kind of a story behind it, and that's why I... I wanted to pick it because during the week, or maybe it was the week before, I was having a conversation with Talian and I was watching his draft game. And uh, it felt like he's going to win, but then his opponent had two cards in hand and Talian had just two life and both of those cards were warning shots. And I told him like that I would never pick so many warning shots because we had already seen one so that was the third warning shot that killed him and like I was arguing that it's not that good that you want to have so many but we kind of concluded that if your draft went bad and you have to pick something then three warning shots it's okay but I would usually like to be getting more like a real cards and not just uh, like I would pick a real card before a bad inscribed card right that was my point yes. but I, I was saying that it's not like a bad card I just don't think you want your deck full of warning shots how many warning shots did you end up playing in your uh, at the draft open I think I only had one mm -hmm. i don't if i picked two then there were there were both in the deck but i don't remember if there was one or two but but then during the open like uh, i had i think in the top top 64 i had two games where i got lethal with warning shot so i was laughing at myself that i <laughs> was really saying that this card is not good and then it wins me two games and also uh, I think it was in the finals in the game three that I made a 
bit maybe a weird play with the warning shot, but I think we'll get to it later, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually always been a fan of warning shot. I just, um, especially in this format, it does so many good things. I mean, it's very, yeah, it does. it's very cheap. It has inscribed, so it can be a power. And then the deal one damage, you know, against a deck it's like both good in a deck like you had with this uh fast skycrag aggro and good against <laughs> that kind yeah, of deck I, I i totally agree with that it just i don't know how to put it that if you have a pick between trainer in rescue and warning shot i would pretty much every time be picked the trainer in rescue yeah and I, you know what, I've been kind of trying to, to do that more because my natural instinct is to pick warning shot in that regard. Because I think mainly from the last format, I don't, I still have like remembering just like, because Grenadine Rescue wasn't great in that format, but it's actually yeah. much sort of better in this format. And so... Um, especially because just like warning shot where warning shot can also deal face and, um, you know, trigger frenzy, like Grenadine rescue triggers frenzy and puts bodies on the board. And so it can be like yeah. surprisingly powerful in this format. Um, I agree with that. Okay. I'm going to, my card of the week is I think going to be a little bit controversial. Um, I'm picking, and we might've done this in the last since this format started but i'm doing a uh, breath of war of uh, voprex which is the uh two cost fire uh fast spell it says deal five damage to an enemy unit unless the enemy player chooses to take five damage instead and yes. i know that this is a bad card and it's been a bad card in just about every format that it's been in but I like I kind of surprisingly like this card in this format and uh almost specifically because of the card uh Thrill Seeker. Um a harness thrill seeker, which is the two drop, uh the fire two drop, the three one um that has frenzy gain flying. And if I have a bunch of thrill seekers in my deck, I am definitely playing at least one copy of Breath of Warprax, unless I have unless I have like a lot of other great cards. I mean, this is still going to be your um, you know, your 27th through 30th card or whatever. But the fact that you really can put your opponent into a bind with a card like Breath of Warprax in this format, <clears throat> because the fire decks can get so much damage early. And then if you have some thrill seekers where they're gonna get into the air and uh, be hard to block um, can really put your opponent into a bind where it's like it's like they either lose their Terrazon or take eight damage from a Thrill Seeker and a Breath of Warprex is so it's you know it's one of these choice cards which are usually bad when your opponent has a choice but I feel like in this format specifically it ends up can play out surprisingly well. Yeah, I agree. It's it's like it used to be garbage card. But now it's like, okay, like I don't mind playing one in a really like a frenzy deck, but like it's not great, but it's okay. Yes. Yeah. And that's definitely where I, 
uh, would put it. I, you know, I've, it's become like a bit of a pet card because people still say that it's trash. So I end up maybe playing <laughs> a, a copy more than I should um, sometimes. But I've just found that with my uh, aggressive decks, um, and this kind of happened a little bit in the game you had in, against Sunnyvale, um, where your aggressive decks can get to a point where your opponent is at like three, five, eight damage, and they've now stabilized. And I think one of the things that are so good about aggressive decks in this format is there's just like a lot of random reach where you don't expect it. There's not like a ton of like great like burn spells that hit the face. I mean, there's like the soul fire or whatever. But then there's also just these like random ways where it's just like you play a Breath of Warprex and then like I said, you, a Thrill Seeker gets in the air and all of a sudden you've done eight damage out of nowhere. Or you can play like a Hermit, um, a Grizzled Hermit and then all of a sudden, you know, do a bunch of um, uh, face damage out of nowhere and kind of get those last points of damage even though your opponent has uh, stabilized. And so I think Breath of Warprex really fits that kind of style. Yeah, it does. All right, great. Um, so uh, we, you know, we no seven win run breakdown this week because we just finished the open and we need a, a couple weeks to recover. I think, um, and we did a big show about it last week. But I will say uh, thank you to um, everyone who has submitted a deck a list recently. Um, there was a comment on Reddit um, this past week of someone who emailed the list in mentioning that it wasn't in the spreadsheet. And I, I apologize for that. I've been a little bit behind on transferring uh, emailed lists uh, to the spreadsheet, mostly because for some reason, maybe because it's like a public email, it gets hundreds of spam messages. So it requires like a surprising amount of sorting to to find any actual email in the podcast email. Um, but uh, as always, uh, for those of you who don't know, we do collect everyone's seven win drafts, uh, which you can either email them or post them to the Discord where we have a channel for it. And then we put them in a spreadsheet so everyone can kind of see uh, at least what the, the contributors are uh, winning with and what seems to be doing well in the format. Uh, so thank you everyone who's taking the time to do that recently. Um, cool. So yeah, we, uh, we kind of sprinkled in some questions with you already, uh, Jano. So we, we now know uh, about when you started, we know you're from Finland. Um, we know you uh, are mostly a constructed player. Um, but I guess uh, to start with, I kind of wanted to just ask you about your prep for this open. Uh, you mentioned um, you sort of mentioned that it was a lot of observing and stuff, but you did get to Masters this last month, you said, right? Yeah, like, as I said, like, I sometimes just get, like, excited about a draft format, and usually it's when a format is more, like, solved, like, that you have those, that people know already what is good, and I like to play with this knowledge and kind of attack from that angle that I know what everybody thinks is good. So I think in that kind of formats that I do the best and I enjoy the most. So I was kind of waiting that this got a bit solved and then I started drafting. 
And I did like maybe 20, 30 drafts total during like two seasons. I think I, I've been doing two times now, Masters, so last month and and the month before. Mm-hmm. And so when you, so in this format, did you feel like with that sort of knowledge of this uh, uh, solved format, did you try to attack it or did you say like, oh, now I know it's good and kind of draft sort of what the community thought was good? I was maybe trying, but I don't know if it, if it went that way, but I was thinking that I was either wanting to build like a grindy time deck or then like a very aggressive Skycrack. Mm-hmm. And that, that Skycrack one came together and I liked how it looked. Like there was few matchups during the top 64 that I was a bit afraid of, but they were all like three colored decks. And I was thinking that my chance is that they get color screwed. And that is exactly what happened. So what was your, what kind of deck did you uh, qualify with? It was a Praxis deck, like a usual time cards, like a, what's it called? Platoons. And uh, the one that bounces it back to hand and makes it better. I don't remember the name. Graviturgist. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also I had uh, Crumbo. I think, and uh, Dark Heart Acolyte, like that's the most powerful cards, I think. Mm-hmm. And then just a lot of removal and good units. So it was also a really fast deck, and uh, usually the games were over like turn six. Yes. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I can see that. That's kind of some of my best strategies. Um, are these fast aggressive decks? I, I do find some of my problems <laughs> are that my fast aggressive decks can sometimes are like really good at getting five threes where, you know, I like win five games against opponents that are totally un- unprepared. But then uh, when an opponent plays like a scaly gruelon on two, I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> no, this is. That's, that one is a good, good answer to those kind of decks yeah but i i actually haven't even though i've drafted a bunch of fire decks that was one of the cool things about um your open run is like your deck just had you know it had some good cards like a wind screamer and um things like that but it also just had like a lot of uh mopey cards like uh you know you played or at least i don't know how many were in your deck but you in the last uh, two matches, the semifinals and finals, you played a lot of Grenadine Rescues. <laughs> yeah, I had three Grenadine Rescues in the deck and also four Scaly Gruans. So it was like almost like a constructed deck. Yeah. Yeah. And so it really worked out because, you, 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 you know, it's just like sometimes you're like, how is he going to get there just doing like... <laughs> Just attacking with yeah, these was... one damage units, but then you managed to, to always do it. Yeah, it was weird and cool for me. Like, I don't know how to explain it. So, 
one thing um i know a lot of people talked about like in the qualifier and i don't know how it was in the in the actual top 64 but they felt like the packs were weird and some people thought maybe there were bot packs and like felt like they were getting way more uncommons than they were during their usual drafts did you did you feel anything uh like that uh, yeah kind of like the wind screamer it was like really really late pick and i was like how on earth is this card still in it i'm like okay i will take it and uh, but other than that i don't remember like there was good cards from other colors but i couldn't take them so i just took like grenadine rescues and scaly grunts <laughs> yeah um did you have a dark card acolyte in your deck yeah, I had that too, but that was like a second or third pick, I think. Yeah. So it was. I also had the menagerie, but I got it like second pack, first pick. I was still kind of. I was already pretty much locked on Skycrack, but I was like speculating with myself, like, yeah, there's nothing else, so I take it, and if I can make it happen, then yeah, but it never happened. Right. Yeah. So I guess you must have been the that because there. I guess someone did the math looking over the open list, and there were four menageries in the uh, in the ninety nine pools, and uh, one person <laughs> wasn't playing that menagerie, and that must have been must have been you. Yeah, I just it just didn't come together. Yeah, it was too late, and I I don't really like to go like three colors or more in this format. I don't think the fixing is great. Uh, so it was, I would have had to abandon either both or then just one of the colors that I already had. So it didn't feel good. Yeah. So about the not drafting three colors um, in this format, do you, do you not find that you struggled to make a playable account? Like, I think that's one of the reasons that uh, a lot of people are going to these three color um, decks is just like feeling like with two colors, it's just so hard to get enough good cards. To, to... Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, uh, my experience had been that every time that I had to go with three colors, I would do like worse than with two colors that were a bit Maybe not as good cards, but just if I could keep it two colors, it would be better. Like in the qualification, I actually did have a splash, a splash justice with the what's the the relic that makes the bear? Uh oh yeah, uh, brigade hall. Yeah, yeah, I had that, but I also had I think three or four seek powers, so it felt like. Uh, kind of free but if you don't get those seek powers or other fixing then it feels like you are just gonna lose games to color screw so i'm trying to avoid it it's not always possible so i understand that people went to three colors like it's just it's just bad luck yeah yeah no it, it can it can be a struggle i know <laughs> i mean I kind of joke about it with uh, in game with 
friends I'm chatting with, though. It's, I feel like sometimes even in my two-color decks, I'm like somehow off one of my colors, and then my three- or four-color opponent always seems to have <laughs> all of their colors yeah. on turn. Yeah, usually the opponents, they are never screwed, and I am always, so <laughs> I, I totally feel you. Yeah, and I do think there is something to the fact that even though there are so many bad cards in this format, some of the strongest cards in the format are double pipped. And so it's it's very easy to end up with a deck with a bunch of powerful cards, but then you have double influence in like three colors. And that yeah. is definitely a str struggle um, in this format with the amount of fixing that there is. Yeah, that is absolutely not the place where I would like to be. And I think it kind of saved me against a few opponents during the top 64. Yeah. So uh, if if you can manage to take the fact that you won the draft open in this format um, out of the equation, uh, would you say that you, you've liked the format? Like, did you enjoy your two months uh, sort of getting to masters in this format? Uh. As I said, at first I didn't enjoy it, but then when it got like uh, more solved, then I started to enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. It's not the best, I don't think, but it's fine. I don't mind it. Okay. Yeah, because I do think this is kind of a controversial uh, format where some people are think it's fine or okay. Some people, I'm sure, even like it. And then there are a, a lot of people that I think are kind of more negative about the format. Um, I'm kind of in between fine and negative where uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but what, one of my issues with the format is just how swingy it can be and how strong the good cards, cards are compared to the bad cards. And so like sometimes if you draw the wrong it feels for me really bad in this format when you like curve out perfectly, but you just happen to draw like your weaker creatures. <laughs> like you, you're like, you know, in draft, you're like, when you play a, a two, a three, a four and a five drop, you're like, I'm really doing it. But if they're like a bad two drop, a bad three drop, a bad four drop and a bad five drop. And then your opponent just like plays a really two really strong uncommons and you can't beat it. And you're like, Oh, that was like, I, I, <laughs> what, what was I supposed to do there? Um, yeah. And so th that's one of yeah. my frustrations yeah. in the format. Yeah, and also one of mine is that uh, the units, they are really bad, like overall, and the spells, they are like really good overall. So usually you end up with like decks that look like shit, that I, ha I have like so bad units, and but maybe my spells will carry on but yeah I, I i would like that the units were a bit better compared to the spells yeah yeah i i, I agree um did you play any like counter spells like a backlash or anything in your deck uh i don't think so i don't think i got any mm -hmm. from the packs yeah and also like this was a weird draft like I didn't get any of the thrill seeker, the two drop that we were talking about. Yes. Also, I I saw absolutely none of those uh, party treasures, so I didn't have any of those. I think, 
So it was like weird sky crack, not the usual one. Yeah, and and I think it's funny because it I think it is a, a counterpoint to you know what I was just saying where I really feel like, and this is no no offense to you, but when you look at your deck or pool, it's just like you're not like it's it doesn't look very impressive. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. Like I was leaning heavily on on Darkheart, Acolyte, and Windscreamer, and just bunch of trash cards. Yeah, exactly. Were, like there was synergy between them, but but nothing really like broken. Yes, and you definitely did. You know, Windscreamer definitely did some work, but you just managed to win some games. You know, mostly attacking with one ones and stuff. So yeah. So I, I think there, you know, there are ways to like <laughs> to to win this format, even when you don't have the good cards. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right. And then I guess uh, some final big picture stuff. So uh, did you ag ag agree with everyone that it was kind of like uh, primal was the number one color uh, followed by fire and time to some degree? Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, primal was the best. I I couldn't really rate like which one was the second for me. I I usually try to draft or or even in constructed. I try to play more decks that are on the aggressive side. So I would usually gravitate towards fire more than time. But but time also felt really strong and. Uh, I didn't mind Shadow either, but I was kind of already made my mind that if I play Justice, it's going to be just a splash. Like, I think most of the Justice cards in this draft format, like, they are just bad. I don't want to pl be playing them. Yeah, I I agree. I, that's about where I am, where... Um, that's more exactly where I am. I know that some people kind of think shadow is really like unplayable also and i i was listening to the backlash podcast uh the other day uh they did a draft open uh episode two and um they were talking about how they thought that shadow was worse than justice and uh that was kind of surprising to me because that that is not my view i think shadow is not the best color but can definitely be playable while justice is a card i'm like actively avoiding unless i happen to get some really good cards yeah uh, i do exactly the same or did i haven't been drafting now no i can i can understand wanting to, to take take a break um after doing so well that kind of happened to me the opposite way uh when the last draft open um i was on like a really hot streak going into the draft open and then I played the draft open and got top 16, which was my best result ever. And then then um, after the draft open, my next draft was like an 03. And it was so <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> I was like, I should not have done this. Yeah. Uh, actually, I opened the game like after the tournament, like the next day. And I uh, uh, was looking at the the main image and then i was just thinking like no i don't feel like playing right now <laughs> yeah. so yeah 
I think I have played one game, like a win of the day, after the open win, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know um, Abednego, uh, I think, asked you directly on, on the Discord, but how were your nerves? I, you know, I think this is the obviously the best you've done in one of these opens. Um, are you, do you play? And I know you said you took a break from playing competitively, but are, had you been a pretty competitive player? Do you play competitively in other games? Oh, I like probably most of the Eternal players. I come from Magic the Gathering. Like I used to play competitively, but I kind of stopped. But uh, in Eternal, I used to be quite competitive player, and I think I I did get nervous before. But this time, I don't know. It was like it was better than usual because I didn't take any pressure. Like I had this mindset that I've, I've already quit the competitive scene, so it's just like for fun that I play, and maybe it it actually helped that I wasn't like feeling the pressure from myself because I didn't feel like I'm going to win. But then after the final, like I don't remember that I had like a so big adrenaline (laughs) rush, like after like realizing that I'm going to win this and I was just jumping up and down like, this is crazy. Yeah, that, yeah, it was. It was a good feeling. Yeah, that's a, that's amazing. So you you said you played this at work. Did you have to play on your phone, or did you have a, a computer? Uh, no, I I only play on my iPad, so no phone, but similar. I I don't play on the computer or any any other equipment. So it was just the iPad and my. My work, like I work in child protection in a foster care home. So it's usually the night shifts are like, if something happens, then I have to react. But usually it's most of the nothing happens. But uh, there was some some hiccups during the run. Like uh, my working place, it's really, and it's appropriate because it's in the middle of like countryside in the middle of strawberry fields. So I'm kind of farming too. Yeah. So the internet connection in there, it's like, it's usually bad. Oh, then there is no internet connection. So, so during like after two matches, like the internet cut totally. So I was like, oh shit. And then I have to like do stuff and get it back going on. And, and I, Luckily, I was playing like a aggressive deck, so my matches didn't take so much time. So I had time to have these hiccups. <laughs> yeah. How did one of the hard things about playing on mobile I found with these opens is trying to read my opponent's deck lists without have, being able to have win- <laughs> windows? Yeah. Yeah, I managed that because. Uh, I got the email and I just opened it with my phone and I took screenshots of all the decks that I'm going to maybe be paired against. And and then just 
when the match started, I just took the photo of the deck list and I was quickly looking like what what can they have? I'll, like it was not that big of a problem for me. Oh, that's that's way smarter than me. I, I think having two <laughs> devices is, was probably a great yeah. idea. And then I so I only yeah. had one device and I didn't take screenshots. So I'm like trying to scroll through Google Docs, uh, a yeah. hundred tabs, trying to look for my opponent. Um, yeah, that 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 didn't work for me on the first time. So I I came up with something else. Yeah, no, I think that that's a great uh, life hack for, <laughs> for for these opens. Um, but yeah, also like I. The evenings, like for me, the tournament starts at eight o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. So I had just started my work, and and during that time there is more things to do, like with the kids and stuff. So so it was a bit hectic. I had to draft in like few minutes. So I just went went quickly and made the deck, and then I told my friend, like, can you maybe give me a heads up when the game starts so that I know to be in the client and watching like when do I have to play and stuff. So it was like, in a way, stressing. But then I also told myself that all those work-related stuff will go like uh, they are the priority. So if I have to quit playing, it's like I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I think that's so cool that the variety of people that, that play Eternal or play these Opens and stuff. I think one of the things is because the Opens are so sort of easy to play, so you can get, you know, people who have <laughs> overnight shifts and stuff, you know, playing these tournaments. Though I think you're probably yeah. more set, being used to working overnight, you're probably more set up than a lot of <laughs> the European uh, player base to do well in these tournaments. Yeah. yeah, like like my usual rhythm is more during the night, so I'm a nocturnal being, kind of. Cool. All right. So then um, I just thought it would be fun uh, at the end of the episode here to to ask you about a few of the plays that I saw in the top, uh, the, the top four, or sorry, in the semifinals and finals that I thought were kind of interesting, kind of interesting board states. Um, sure, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, the this first one is against uh, Sunnyvale, and they played. Um, you have uh, four one-one Grenadines out from two of your three Grenadine rescues that you mentioned. You have a a bow, uh, a one-one bow that you used last turn uh, that's still there. And Sunnyvale just played out the 3-2 Collector. Uh, so they just drew two cards. And um, and it's the one where if you kill it, you um, they have to discard two cards. And so you're on three power, uh, but though it's turn four, I think. So you can play a fourth power. Um, and your hand is uh, Seek Power, Thunder Pop, uh, two power, and a Wind Screamer. And uh, so, yeah, so the board is Sunnyvale has a 3-2 that you want to kill. You have four 1-1s, and in your hand you have some power, a Seek, a Thunder Pop, and a Wind Screamer. And then you have this bow here. Um, do you remember what you did here? Yeah, I think I played uh, Thunder Pop on the Valkyrie 
and uh, just attacked. Yeah, and and did uh, five damage. Yeah. So I guess I feel like the other option for a play here is to, you know, sort of sack one of your Grenadin um, to if they block. So then you do, you know, you attack all with your one ones, and then um, and then if they block, you can kill it with your bow. And then you could develop your wind screamer. And I was just wondering why you picked uh, one play over the other. Yeah, uh, I was kind of thinking that Sonny was maybe struggling. Like I, I had the feeling that he's in trouble. So I wanted to push as much damage and also keep my board like as wide as it can be. So that in the end, I will have like, even if he plays few units, I can maybe push the last last few damage in with the grenadine. So I think it was the thinking in like, but I agree that both ways would be fine. I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, my thoughts were just for me. I would have been nervous getting rid of my <laughs> thunder pop just because with your play, the next turn you play the wind screamer, but you sort of don't have any frenzy trigger. And so yeah. um, I, I thought it was just interesting that you you shot off the Thunder Pop, sort of getting rid of your only frenzy trigger in order to keep a 1-1 on the board. Um, but I mean, it worked out. So I'm not, I'm not, of course, saying that one play was right or wrong, but it was just like a kind of interesting play that I thought you made. the only play that I... I like after I watched the match and I was thinking exactly the same that this was probably a wrong thing to do that I did, but in the end it worked. And also my thought was that with the wind screamer, like my deck was kind of full of things to activate frenzy, like so many cards that deal damage and also like those trick throws that you can do it two times kind of mm -hmm. so i i didn't feel like i'm i'm throwing away my only frenzy enable because i had so many of them in the deck yes yeah and so i and i think it kind of sh this sort of showed in how you played at least the matches that were on screen of um where you really worked to preserve your board as much as possible yeah um all right. Uh, so then this uh, next is, I think, in the same match here. Um, so Sunny finally, uh, you know, drew some power, drew some powerful cards. They're at 15 life and they have uh, two of the barbarians, the gorilla barbarians. So they have two three twos and then they have uh, three grumbo platoons. So three two ones on board. You still have your four <laughs> one one grenadine. You have the wind screamer. And you have the a scaly gruen on board, so I would say they are um, solidly. Uh, they are now stabilized to some extent at uh, fifteen yeah. life, so not even that low of a life total. So uh, I was getting a little nervous for you <laughs> watching this. Um, I wasn't. <laughs> you weren't. Oh, that's good. No. Um, yeah, I was thinking like in my head. I was hoping that. I throw, uh, I draw either Crinkle Boys or Trick Throw. So I think it was like four, four cards in my deck. So those were the things that I was hoping to draw. And then so I think it was the second draw 
it was the Crinkle Boys. And that's when I felt like, yeah, this is in the back. Yes. Yes. But right before that, the thing you top decked actually before the Crinkle Boys was a Grenadine Rescue. And so that gave you the frenzy trigger you needed um, yeah. to, to get going. Um, so then uh, what I thought was interesting, though, is that you chose to frenzy the wind screamer and i was just wondering uh what your thoughts were behind that that move i think it was also patrick sullivan in the cast that he said it too that like i'm not gonna be plucking with wind screamer so i might as well give the buff to him first and attack because it's just i'm never blocking with this only card that is going to win me the game mm-hmm do you know if like Sunnyvale had uh, a unit like or a like uh, a chloric mix or anything like that? I really can't remember. If he did, then then that's really bad play. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't remember. Yeah, no, I and I don't know either. You know, I guess my line of thinking. I d- I do understand that line of thinking, but I. I guess from my perspective is I'm also never blocking with Windscreamer, but I also want to diversify. I like to diversify threats, and that's where my thinking was, where if you make one of your Grenadine like a flyer, then even if your opponent kills the Windscreamer, they're still, they still have at least a, you, you still have a flyer in the air sort of chipping away as compared to if they if Sunnyvale manages to kill your Windscreamer, then you're like really in trouble because <laughs> now now you lost your only source of damage and your best card. Yeah, I understand. Like I was really banking on the fact that I wanted to save my Windscreamer, and that was my in my mind it was the only way to win. Right. So. Yeah. No, I can see that, and you know, making it a two four does bring it out a. Well, I guess not when they're at seven power, but you know, there's soul fire. It's tricky because then there's still cards like Searing Fist that can still kill the Wind Screamer as a two four. So it was just an interesting play that, again, I wouldn't have made. I probably would have um, probably turned a Grenadine because you know, you're tempted to turn the Gruon, but you want the Gruon back to block the Gorillas. Um, so I probably personally would have turned uh, Grenadine into a 2-2 and uh, hoped to draw the Crinkle Boys, but worked out either way. So anyway, thought that was a cool move. Okay, thanks. Um, all right, so then uh, just a couple more of these. And uh, this one is was in your final against, um, against the Nose Path. And this is kind of your opening play. So uh, you guys are both... Uh, fairly aggressive Skycrag decks, though I think theirs was a little bit bigger and maybe in some sense slightly clunkier than yours was. Yeah, I agree. And um, it's kind of interesting just as a, a overall thing where, you know, they usually say when like two aggressive decks face off against each other, you know, it's usually the bigger one comes out ahead. Um, but it felt like they were just always a turn behind or one power short, you know, cause they were playing cards like pin the Yotin and a bunch of 
other five drops that seem to really get in the way. Yeah, I really don't like the Pinda Jordan. Yeah, I, thing. I, 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 I don't think it's a playable card in this format, but well, it got him into the final. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So maybe I'm just totally lost. No, I, I kind of have the same feeling. I know that people do play it, but it, I do think it's a little weird in an aggressive uh, Skycrag deck where you're like, you know, your biggest unit is like a 3-1. A <laughs> uh, yeah, and to be honest, we don't know like how the draft went for them. Yeah. So maybe they just had to play it like it's it can happen. No, 100%. Um, but yeah, so this is that first game. And so they play a 1-1, one, one, and they're on the play. And so turn, yeah. turn one, Always. <laughs> they play the 1-1 one, one, uh, with Aegis and Primal. And then turn two, uh, they play a second power and then have to pass. And now it's your turn two. And in your hand, you have a Scaly Gruan, a Thunder Pop, and a Grenadine Rescue. And... I thought it was pretty interesting that here you played the the Scaly Gruon first, taking a, a more defensive posture. And I was just wondering what your thinking was between that choice between Scaly Gruon and Granadin Rescue as your first play. I, I really don't remember, but I'm guessing that my my thinking was that I lost to, like I, I went second so that I have to be more on the defense because he was also an aggressive deck. So probably that was just just the nerves and and then also that thing that I got disappointed that I didn't get to go first. <laughs> and I was thinking that now I have to be defensive. So it yeah. was probably wakey weight or had a weight on my decision there. Like after now reviewing it like I probably would have done the other way, but. Right. Yeah. And I was just wondering what your thoughts on were that, because I always, I think those are just like very small and probably, you know, how much they change your win percentage is very small. But when you have these like subtle things where you're like, both are good two drops and it's just like, always hard to know what's, what's the best play to make here. Yeah, I agree. All right, and then this final uh, question I wanted to ask you. This is when you guys are now tied up one-one. Um, so the final, final game of this match, and um, it's going into your turn four. Nose Path. They have uh, a three-one Thrill Seeker on board, and a two-three uh, Teriax Mount that they they just played the Teriax Mount. So they're also in debt um, two on their next turn with three power. And then um, it's your turn three. And so the first thing you do is you play a Wind Screamer. And so that now you have a Warning Shot in hand. You could play the Warning Shot this turn to kill the Thrill seek, Seeker. You could go face to turn your Wind Screamer into a 2-4. Or you could in, um, save it to Inscribe to get to your five and six drops because you also have an Ice Glider and a Hoof Stomp in hand and one more power. And so what do you do in this spot after playing your Wind Screamer? So I don't know how to explain this. Like, uh, I just had the feeling that that my opponent 
that he that they they have a trick shot in their hand. I don't know like how I got this feeling. I just I just felt it, and I uh, I thought that I really don't want to lose my windscreamer to trick throw. So I needed to make it a two four and just went with the warning shot to the face, so that my windscreamer would survive at least this one spell. And uh, as it happens, uh, he did actually have the trick throw in hand. So I was like, uh, now I feel like a big brain. <laughs> so let me ask a follow-up question here. So again, you don't know their hand, right? So you, you yeah. now have done this. You've played the warning shot into a 2-4. And I forget what happened next. But say I'm nose path and I now have one power open because I paid off my debt and I A space here, what do you do? I don't block, like, not in a million years. <laughs> I will not block. Like, I just tell myself that, again, Windscreamer is the one card that is going to win me this game, so I have to save it whatever it takes. So I'm happy to take five and think that I will, if I draw the power or something else, it doesn't really matter what. If Windscreamer leaves, I'm going to turn this game around and win. Okay. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. I, I think that's one of my... I think a lot of players' weaknesses, but one of my weaknesses is just like really have having trouble resisting <laughs> the value block. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, I, and I think that's probably how it played out in the actual run. Um, so that yeah, was, you did. that was uh great. And then you managed to come back and win cause you know, they, they did have the trick throw in hand and then they had the, the pin, the Jotun or uh, that we talked about, but you had a pretty good yeah. hand as long as you were able to hit a couple more power. So, yeah. So I guess, uh. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Do you, any interesting matches or or things that you wanted to talk about other than that? Um, I really don't know. <laughs> I I came here like not really prepared for for anything, but yeah, it has been really fun to do this. I probably was no more nervous doing this than in the finals. So <laughs> I'm really not used to this. So, but it has been really fun and I want to thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for joining the discord. I really appreciate it. It's great to, you know, see more familiar faces. Now I'll know who you are next time I play uh, Jano in, um, in draft or in constructed. So this is, it's always exciting and fun to talk to, to new and different people, um, you know, outside of my regular, <laughs> my regulars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. So I think we'll uh, end our show here. Uh, once again, con a huge congratulations to winning the open. Oh, actually, no, we're not done in the show. Um, <laughs> I did want to, <laughs> I did want to ask, actually, since you did win, so that means you're going to the World Championship. Um, do you have, are you planning on playing uh, any more Opens or anything up to, or are you just like going to take a little bit of a break from Eternal uh, before the World Championships? 
Right now, my thinking is that, yeah, I'm probably going to play like all the remaining opens. But I'm also thinking that I'm going to do it with something which is like more fun. Like uh, if I have some deck that I want to maybe show to the world, I would like to play that, even if it's not very good or something that... I just feel like having more fun and not taking it too seriously now that I actually have the slot in yeah. the world. Great. And uh, do you have any plans for like your world's prep? Are you going to try to like work with a team or are you going to stick with your Finnish friends and kind of keep doing I what have, you've been doing? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe I try to contact some some team or something if if they are interested or then i don't know that's just an idea and nothing concrete yet but then then again it would be fun to just work with my friends and just go to the world yeah with that. exactly and you know if you have no expectation then it's just you know you're sort of just free rolling you know even if you don't yeah it feels like that and then I guess the most important question is now that you are in world, are you going to ask for time off? Sorry, I, I said, are you, are you going to ask for a vacation day uh, for that weekend? Or are you going to try, are you going to play the world championship? Actually, I have a good situation because for my work, I do the working shift lists. So I just put myself on a free day. <laughs> so it, it's going to be very easy. But uh, I would have done it anyway, because in the same weekend, it's going to be the soccer world championship final on the Sunday. So I'm a huge soccer fan. And, and uh, I was going to be anyway, watching that. So Oh, boy, so that's going to make it a little hard to concentrate then, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now we're done to really end the show. So once again, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you to uh, all our listeners and patrons who help support the show or, um, listen to the show. Thank you to Abednego for constantly hounding me to put out a, a new episode. Um, it's <laughs> without all of you, uh, the show wouldn't get made um, and the great community. So uh, remember to give us a five-star rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord. Uh, there's uh, be a link in the show description. It's a great place. Uh, everyone's very welcoming. Uh, you can ask any question. It'll probably get answered. So uh, really highly recommend it as a place if you want to talk about draft or just hang out. Uh, finally, uh, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts about the show, and uh, please don't forget to send in all your 7-win deck lists uh, you do to farmingeternal at gmail.com or the Discord, and remember to keep on farming. Have a great day. Bye. Cool. Cool.